Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. It has been a while since we've done something like this. So I'm here with Brian, Daniel, and Chris today. We got the whole crew together. So um, before we start talking hockey, I want to kind of talk about um, my day today. Everyone wants to know how my day was. <laughs> no. Um, so this morning, I had the opportunity to um, go get a tour of the Bruce Oak Recovery Center um, in the West End of Winnipeg there. And Brian and Daniel were also in attendance. We were able to see the facility that has been um, something that's very important to a lot of us at JetCentric, a lot of our friends, um, a lot of the people who are contributors to the podcast. So it was really great to see that today we did some volunteering for an event they're having this evening I know Hockey Night in Canada has been um, a great supporter as well so it was very special for us to be able to do that today Um, and we're very excited to see what the center does for the community so we're really happy about that. Um, Our friends from Vertical Adventures were also there, our sponsors more importantly our friends they were terrific. Um, Make sure you guys check them out you know you've heard our little spiel before but we can't say enough good things about them great facility great people following COVID rules it's a great place to go with your kids great place to go by yourself all kinds of different levels um, of coaching and all that available check out vertical adventures go to their website go on their twitter super friendly people they'll field any of your questions about um yeah go in there and seeing what they have to offer so now we're going to start talking about hockey it has been a while since we have done an episode like this um we are doing just a bit of a roundtable. No interview, no proper theme. We just want to talk hockey. The Jets are on a six-game losing streak. It's been a bit of an interesting past few weeks. It's been an interesting season, of course, but there have been um, quite a few storylines. So I think we'll just jump right into it. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll throw it to Daniel to start and just sort of talk about what we've seen in the past couple of weeks and uh, what's going on with the Jets right now. Well, we've probably seen mostly the same team that we've seen all year. Just all the, everything's catching up to them right now. Hellebuck is not playing at his MVP uh, Vesna trophy winning self right now. And that clearly shows um, even more so with the lack of defense they have. And, you know, and they haven't been able to score. They haven't been getting any, any bounces, any luck like that, which is just the way it goes. Um, So I think they've been uh, just all their luck and anything that they had has been catching up to them and, and it had been even before when they were winning those games, uh, they were on, what if they go on a four or five game winning streak? Those ne- weren't necessarily uh, um, domination wins. You know, they just kind of won because Hellebuck was great and they just potted a few goals, right? So basically the same team we've seen all year with the addition of uh, Jordy Ben, pretty much. That's uh, that's about the only change. Uh, of course, Hainola got in for one game. That, that was their last win, actually, a 5-2 win against Toronto. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, missing Ehlers big time too, though. Missing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, they lost, I think he's been over a couple of games now, three or four games. They lost all of them. Too and many. Since, yeah. One game's too many to miss, miss the best yet. So, yeah. So, so yeah, pretty much all the same. Yeah. yeah personally, I think, I do think it's been quite stark um the difference in offensive generation without Ehlers he kind of does it all out there um but yeah it's it's kind of upsetting to see that they're not making any changes with uh with the losing streak like I can handle a losing streak like they'll happen during the year but you got to work to try and fix the problem and to me the Jets just haven't done a good enough job of that yeah, that's something I kind of like 
it's one of those things like our podcast exists to feel the opinions of fans and just you know talk and have people listen and whatever but I'm never gonna say that I'm smarter than an NHL coach but I'm very much confused as to why we're not changing the lineup like literally at all when it's the most important time of the year to be winning and you were changing the lineup when we were winning just you know find some new combinations and stuff and now that we're losing and sucking and everything is going wrong you're leaving it as is and I don't understand I just I don't <laughs> I mean <laughs> this, <laughs> I haven't been on for a while for a reason and <laughs> this is the whole thing right I mean we can talk nutshell this is what it's been blah 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 and but this is uh, this is exactly the things we talk about um, with Paul Maurice. And I, I don't want to spend whatever an hour here shitting on the guy. It, we're going to, because right now <laughs> I think he deserves it. And I think, I think we're all kind of of the opinion that we're at the, a make or break here, eight years, blah, blah, blah. I think there's something happening. I would think, but these are the things that you can't understand. We've talked before about the lying to the media, lying to the fans. Um, we've talked before about the putting in not so good, players instead of players that might be good and all of this stuff and this is what we're seeing right now he's stubborn to the point where this is his lineup for the playoffs these are his guys so this is these are the guys that are going i don't care if they're losing this is what our guys are gonna this is the lineup we're gonna have in the playoffs so i'm not trying anything else you know that's what he's thinking and uh and yeah list you're exactly right why are you trying things when you're when you're the best team in the division two and a half months ago and now you're literally, let's be honest here, you might not even make the playoffs. Eh, yeah, pretty sure they'll make the playoffs. It's, pr- like it's the, pretty the tough. Odds, the, the odds right. are pretty pretty well in their favor there, but still, it's but Had it's you said really... this three right. weeks ago that we would actually be even questioning it, you'd be like, what the heck? Like, not even close. Never- the fact that it's even up for... Debate's not the right word because this isn't an argument. It's a yes or no, you make the playoffs. But the fact that there's a possibility that we won't, no matter how small the possibility is, is kind oh, of the a- fact you haven't clinched at this point almost. Yes. Or yeah. well, and, now we're even and, thinking, right? That it's just a thought of missing. That's right. And three weeks ago, we were like, can we catch Toronto? And now we're like, <laughs> we're going to play Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's all of it, right? Again, yeah. Are they going to make the playoffs? Of course, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, unless... Uh, Connor Hellebuck breaks his leg, right, or something like that, and then you know, you know what I mean. Uh, but it, it, it's just all of the things that we've been upset about, all the things that we've been been tired of, are just showing showing up so clear right now, and it's it's so hard. I'm I'm joking wearing my Coyotes hat right now, but I was cheering against them last night. I've had about three times since they've been back where I've actively been like, I don't want them to win. <laughs> and right now I don't want them to win. I want them to lose every game to the rest of the season. I want, I'm worth that for Paul Maurice to get fired, lose them all. I don't give a shit. They're not Fair. fun to watch anyway. They're not fun to watch anyway. So you got that what, right, yeah. where's the enjoyment? Fair. Yes, that's true. That's, that's, uh, that's, that, that would be worth it. I think for me too, if, if that's the way Maurice gets out of here, I mean, granted, like, who's his replacement going to be of course but at least get about i mean obviously i don't want to see them lose that many games but if, it, if that's the only way sometimes you got to take it take it or leave it right uh, i this is kind of a random like whatever this is. 
do you know off the top of your head or anything like when like is there like a record for a coach being fired so late in the season and still making the playoffs like I understand that all of these circumstances leading up to it, it almost makes sense and it's possible that it happens. But there are literally like seven games left in the season and we're going to make the playoffs. Like, I feel like that never happens. It, it would never. Well, Montreal, back. Yeah. Montreal yeah. did. They fired, uh, Montreal did a couple of years ago when the, uh, Boston had fired Julian. Montreal hired him. It wasn't like the last week of the season or anything, but it was like, it was fairly late in the year. Well, in that was my the memory, most recent. Um, I think it was Pittsburgh fired. What's his face? Um, Belsma. Oh that's yeah. The one. Uh, yeah. Belsma, uh, hired, uh, was the it young Mike guy. Sullivan? Yeah. Sullivan. Sully. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if there was another guy in there or not, but that was the uh, move I think it was Sullivan made. and it wasn't that long. Like it was, it was, it wasn't as close to the playoffs as it is now, but it was probably at least at most 20 games left in the mm. season well and almost that almost computes because of how short the season is like it's not the same as seven games left in an 82 game yeah. season so that's interesting yeah. and i'm not so sorry no no what i was going to say i i sorry to interrupt your list it, no. the difference is and this is what i've been the last couple of times i've been on the podcast and where my frustration is on twitter and i'll reiterate when we're having these armchair gm and armchair coaches sessions like we're having right now I wish that we would all not have them from our perspective, that we would have them from the franchise's perspective. There is a 0.00 chance that Paul Maurice is getting fired in the next two weeks. It's not, that's not happening. I don't care if they lose every game the rest of the season, that's not going to happen. It doesn't necessarily like firing him now or firing him after the season. I don't know if that makes such a huge difference, but at this point, I don't think keeping him around is really the answer <laughs> but this is what i'm saying is true north doesn't play they play games right yeah like we talked about before he's going to get promoted then they're not going to hire a gallant or a, or a pro they're going to bring up vincent or they're going to move lowry over to be the head coach or some bullshit like that yeah. we always like brian you're a perfect example of it i love it because you're so smart you're like one of the smartest dudes on twitter oh, but when you, you put your but when you put your <laughs> lines out you're putting them out as Brian Johnson, not yeah. as, not as a dummy, like fucking <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we know there's no way on earth Blake Wheeler's ever playing on the third line. And we've been saying it for two and a half years. So it's yeah. almost, and I know that's no fun, right? Being an armchair GM and doing it their way. What I'm saying is, is that when we think about it and we have a real discussion, you have to think of it in their terms. And there's no way they're firing that guy unceremoniously. They're in love with him. Well, and that's it's just not with, happening with so many things. Like we talked about it all the time with like the predictability. It's like, this is what I would do, but this is what I know exactly how that's it's going right. to go. And it's like the same thing with the expansion draft. Like now I'm of a different mind at the beginning of the season, I would have said expose Morrissey because they're probably not going to take him. And if they do, maybe it's not that big of a loss, but it's like one of those things never in a thousand and one years, never, never going to happen. Never, never, never. So it's, I do understand. Like I know for myself, like my favorite way to be a fan is to say this is what I would do again I'm Mm going to reiterate that I don't think I'm smarter than anyone but it's just that's my favorite way of being you know analyzing games and feeling like I'm really involved in them and stuff like that but I know how this organization works we all do and that's just the way that it is and that's that's okay like that's what they do but it does take a little bit of the fun out of being an armchair GM it does 100% 100% although it does make you like work in like like retro or something you know what I mean like (laughs) 
okay, if I weren't so smart, what would I be doing? <laughs> or if I did have a heart, because I think that that's the game they play. They think that loyalty is the way to go. Um, you know, so maybe there is something to it. They're better people than I am, maybe, because I treat it more like a video game. Um, but <laughs> like I always say, it's, it's show business, not show friends, right? Um, to get it a little bit into the details, though, like... Um we mentioned the same stuff over again. He has, we have, he has his guys, his lineup that he wants. What exactly was it that made him decide that Jordy Ben was the better option than, uh, Billy Hainala or even Logan Stanley? Like Do you Logan have to Stanley, ask that he's 33 Logan, years old. He's it's, a veteran. Like that's just, that's the only answer. You can't dive into it any more than that. <laughs> I like these painful exercises lists. <laughs> <laughs> What's the guy that talks all the shit about Mike Babcock, the Commodore, Mike Commodore? Yeah. Uh, we have to find a Paul Maurice guy like that. Like a Toby former Anstrom? player. Toby yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, like the guy that's like, this guy's a crap stain. And like, he, he's always done this stuff. We need to find that guy, right? And that's it has to be a young it. guy. <laughs> Or Dustin, but yeah, or a young player that just never made it. Like Marco Dano in 10 years will write an autobiography about <laughs> all the crap that he went Nick through Patan. or something. Nick yeah, Patan. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Patan should be a regular in the NHL. Like he might not be a top six forward, but he's not worse than a bottom six forward. You're telling me Nick Patan <laughs> on, on the top two lines in Ottawa right now wouldn't be killing it? Uh, he probably, he'd probably be a decent player there i'm i'm not 100 percent sure i i don't I know. think that's a spot for a guy like him right now a young team no pressure just go out and set up these young guys and who I cares he's had some it. half decent results like when he's gotten nice in toronto but oh, toronto the least like fan love him yeah the least yeah. fan love him what i mean yeah. i don't really trust their opinion on anything but on that one i do agree with them <laughs> No, but I um I was gonna say like I want to go back to the whole loyalty piece, and I think like to me again, <laughs> I thought that I'm smarter, but that's the only 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 thing I can come up with that is keeping Tucker Pullman on the top pairing right now because otherwise I just don't understand it. Like he just kind of drew the short end of the stick for quite a while in his the first bit of his career, like he just couldn't quite crack the top, and now that he's in the lineup they're like thanks for sticking around our guy like i don't know why else because holy smokes that man is getting caved night in and night out and i feel bad for him there's a point that i cross where i get mad at players and then when i hit the top the peak of being mad it drops down and i start feeling bad for them because of the situation (laughs) they're in i feel bad for tucker pullman here's what i think about tucker pullman he's a guy who has he he does some good things sometimes but yeah his like his mind just isn't all there but because he can do really good things sometimes i do think he can be effective um you know in a role that he's not getting 22 minutes a night or whatever it is Um, against austin matthews and connor mcdavid like i'm sorry like i do think that he could be effective in this lineup and in most lineups but put put your best shutdown guy out there like put dylan demello so that's but isn't this the whole thing that's been going on the last, like, well, I mean, it's been going on a long time, but this fight fire with fire mentality that Paul Maurice has, right? There's two lines against two lines or against four lines. So you either get caved by the other team's third and fourth line because they're better than ours, or you get shit kicked by the top two lines, right? When you or could both. be doing right or both, 
<laughs> when you could be, when you've got all these forwards and you could be going four lines and doing the, the same thing to them. Okay, fine. McDavid's running us out the building, but guess what? Our third, second, third, and fourth lines are way better than Edmonton's. Yes. Yep. Talent wise. So why, how is it possible? Even if McDavid's getting two points a game, how are Stastny and, and Connor and all these other guys not out doing, I couldn't even tell you one player in the bottom six of Edmonton right now. Alex chase on. Right, because he's better than than Andrew Kopp. He's terrible. I can't remember who it was. I think they had like Gaetan Haas or something Gaetan on the second line, like yeah. the other game. And you're like, what's this guy doing out here, right? Like, well, and then James Neal is playing in like a shutdown role. James Neal can't play defense, and like he's in their bottom. Like, and what do they so have? This like, is the, so this is so this is the whole thing, work. right? Yeah. So, and it's the same thing with the defense. Why are you, I mean, there's clearly a problem with, with Morrissey. And instead of trying to, you know, even out your defensive pairings, you're doing what you think is loading up your top pair or your top, you know what I mean? And it's just also backwards. Like you have, why did we get all this talent if you're not going to use it? Even on defense, again, we know most of these guys are fourth and fifth defensemen. But if they're all the same, why are you relying so heavy on these other two guys? I just don't understand the mindset of the two lines, the checking line, and the and the guys that don't play. I just can't that that don't even kill penalties. Yeah. I just I can't wrap my head around it. Like, like in my opinion, like the way that I kind of look at it is like with it's it, it's more complicated than this, but you could almost just match your second lines against someone like. Edmonton or Toronto and then flip your one and your three match your third against their first and match your first against their third so then your defensive line is playing defense and your offensive line has the room to go and play offense like I just think it all like like you said they're fighting fire with fire and our fire is a lot weaker than theirs so I don't know and we were talking the other day too on Twitter about um I'm gonna lose my train of thought here about um not the fire with fire but Ah, shit. I knew I'd lose it. Sorry. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> um, I just think we're like, as far as the way our team plays and the construction of it all together, like just how they play, I just think they're a very poor matchup for the Oilers specifically, like not the whole, not the whole team. Like the, they should be able to beat their bottom six, but in terms of, actually playing against Connor McDavid, what you need to do, like you can't stop Connor McDavid. What you can do is try and spend as much time as you can in Edmonton's zone, because that's where McDavid does struggle. I know easier said than done. McDavid has the puck literally most of the time, but you need to have that defense activation and getting like everybody involved as a five man unit offensively. That's how, that's how you're going to beat, uh, the top like the top players in the league not just Connor mcdavid but you want to spend as much time in that offensive zone with possession so they can't do their thing and maybe create some offense out of it yourself and it 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 just goes like you need everybody to be playing as a five-man unit that's pretty much it well, and Which I think is that's what one of happens that plays to Edmonton's strengths is that they have Tyson Berry and they have Darnell Nurse who you know people are talking about you know, put them up for the Norris. No, but they're pretty good offensively. And when you have defensemen who are good at that, like it's easier to, yeah, like maintain the puck in the zone. Like we struggle to get the puck out of our zone when we struggle to keep it in theirs. It's like, you know, it's, there, there's gotta be a better way. Well, that's it's how- like, you got a Vili Hainala 
that's now in the tack on the taxi squad again. Is he? It's like, yeah. Oh my god. Um, it's he's like, what great. are you doing? This is your this is your transition guy who is going to get super involved in the offensive zone and make some pinches. Get him in there. What are you doing? And well, they got to be sound sound defensively, Brian. And yeah, I know. <laughs> but they're I, not. Well, they they are, but they don't think they are. Like I don't know. No, the Maybe opposite they, of that. They think they are, but they're not. That's or they oh, think like they're the playing guys, their game. Oh, the guys but, that are in there now, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. I thought yeah. I thought you were talking about Hanel. I was like, I think he's like he's going to be. He's very aggressive. He's going to make some mistakes, but like that every player every player makes mistakes, right? And I think oh, yeah. the good is just gonna. Except for Adam Fox. Adam Fox has never made a mistake in his entire life. <laughs> he's insane, that guy. <laughs> I was going to say what I, my train of thought there was um, about this fire with fire and matching lines and all this shit. I'm just going to say it. Proof is in the pudding with him matching his lines. The fact that we're better on the road than we are at home. <laughs> isn't that yeah. enough right there? That's that, been like that a few years is, as well. It's pretty damning, right. eh? That tells you all you need to know. He doesn't know how to match things. What he thinks are the strengths or the weaknesses and vice versa. It's that just was like over. That reminds me that specific uh, like this whole fire with fire or whatever. There's one game, it was must have been recent against, it was either Edmonton or Toronto. They played, that's all they played the last month, it feels like. But uh, they were down just one nothing after the second and they were running the Lowry, Cop, uh, whatever line, Appleton against Matthews or McDavid line. And they were doing fine. They were only down one nothing. He pumps out in the third period. He puts the Shifu <laughs> line out against Matthews and it's two nothing within five minutes yeah right and then it's over in the third period it was over i think they lost like three one or whatever so but they were only down one goal and it was just panic put you know get the top guys out they can try and score but they never touch the puck (laughs) and let's not forget he said it too a couple of weeks ago about they had such a great 17 18 season i know what they're capable of are we living in 17 18 well no we have one defenseman from that team and right now he's not close to what that he's not close to that was. level yeah and he <laughs> like, was like oh. the fourth best of, well he, he was pretty good that year but buffalo was better Shrubo was better like he wasn't you could argue and you could argue enstrom was better too and he was he say, was the yeah. fourth the fourth defenseman on that team probably if you look at it quick yeah. yeah well and then i um well, i wanted to talk about something it was about the line matching oh where was it gonna go with this um, oh yeah and then this goes back to the loyalty piece too I feel like I've heard over and over again that Mark Shifley wants to play with the best he's a very competitive person he really so and I feel like that plays into it that guy is always on the first line and he's always playing against the first line and I will leave a negative I'll say something positive I do find that when Shifley's on the ice he kind of does a lot of the time when he has possession he really does pick kind of the speed of the game like it kind of goes according to his watch um, when he's on there like I think he's been better um, in the back half of this season and stuff like that. But I think that comes down to it. Like, you know, he's been here since the beginning. He's been here for 10 years and he wants to play with the best. So they're going to let him play with the best, even though that's probably not what's best for the team. Say best one more time. Yeah, they had but- said that. <laughs> they had actually said that that game that I was referring to, it must have been, they had said that, that Shifley knows he's like whatever, one of the best players on the Jets and that he wants to play against the best Lions that he hates seeing 
that Lowry is getting all the minutes against the top line or whatever. They had literally referred to that exact, like when that happened. And then the Jets ended up giving up that second goal and killing the game there. But they had actually mentioned that specific, what literally what you just said. Yeah. Like, so Patrick Line is a, a, a selfish player because he wants to score goals. That's yeah. something he's good at. But Mark Shifley is the best because he wants to play defense, something he sucks at. But he's a good leader because he doesn't swear. These are the things, man. Like, this like it's lore... more great than that. But when you look at it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very frustrating. It's very frustrating, especially when that attitude drives a generational talent goal scorer out of town. But it, and it's the whole thing, like, and again, that, it's not even a shot at Mark Shifley. I, Mark Shifley's their best player, right? Other than Connor Hellebuck, like, let's be honest, right? Ehlers, um, you know, obviously Ehlers is. You know what I'm saying? You, it, no, he's yeah. one of the top players on the team. Yes. Whatever, yeah. he's a t- yeah. he's the best or second best forward on the team. Period. And right. and he's really good, and I like having him on our team and all that stuff. It's not mm-hmm. his fault. The coach continues to throw him out against Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle. Mm-hmm. It sounds like what Lissa's saying is maybe it is his fault, though. I was just like, is. <laughs> yeah, if he's asking, if he's asking he's you're suggesting it, whose fault, like whose fault is right. it? But that's yeah. when a good coach would be like, no, you actually can't exactly. because like, you suck at defense, right? That's it's like you can't blame a player for wanting to just be the best. Well, I guess we can with Patrick Lineup, but you like I don't blame Mark Shively at all for wanting to play with the best. I and I again I don't like being the one to blame the coach, but I in any case. I would blame the coach in that situation for letting it happen. If it's because the, they can team. say no, right? I wanted to play. I wanted to play AAA hockey when I was fifteen. <laughs> Guess what? The coach of the team that I tried out for didn't think I was good enough. <laughs> so, so he said no. He said no. He didn't say okay. Well, you want to play here? Sure. Like <laughs> that brings that brings actually a thought back to when they brought Hendricks back for that second time there. <laughs> And he said right. he did his like return interview and he was like, I know I'm only going to be playing five minutes a night, but I just enjoy playing. Right. It's one of those things. And you're like, like, at least he knows he's not good. Right. <laughs> Self-awareness is key, right? Self-awareness. <laughs> I don't know. You, it, you know, it gets frustrating. Like we talk about beating, beating a dead horse or whatever, but you're at this point, this breaking point we've, I, and, and people talked about it about four or five years ago about the jets turning into the Calgary flames. Um, we are the Calgary flames. We've got lots of good players and we have nothing to show for it. And we're not going to have anything to show for it. This team isn't uh, uh, signing a free agent defenseman away from winning the Stanley cup next year. That's co- becoming very clear right now for those of people who did believe that. They're saying, I, I, that, yeah. I said that before all, yeah. the trade deadline that that oh, was, course, yeah. right? Ackholm was not any answer to, to, to any problems. One defenseman wasn't fixing anything. You need three defensemen to fix what's going I on. I think back it's there. the whole or, way. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. Or oh, yeah, I was going to say it's the whole way the defense play. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Like, and yes, I know like most of the guys they have aren't going to be guys that are going to be heavily active in the offensive zone, like uh, Forbert, uh, you know, Stanley. Uh, Poolman does get in there sometimes, but most of those guys aren't going to be hugely involved in the offense. And I do think you really need a lot of that from your back end, especially on this roster. You don't have anybody like a Bufflin, even like a Truba or 
and I didn't like him overall as a player, but even like a Myers in terms of getting involved in the offensive zone. Myers was uh, always active in the ozone, which is something that was about all he was good for. Yeah. You knew once they were in the ozone, they were good. They were good in the ozone when he's there, right? That's and having having that, I think, really would increase, I guess, the impact of the forwards as well. Yes. Just from having more opportunities. It creates more space, right? If you have that defenseman coming to the hash marks and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're running three players in the offensive zone, whereas a lot of teams run five. And And like, obviously, like people are going to be like, oh, the defenseman, like they touch the puck. I know that. But you're not seeing all they do is pass it to the other guy. They just hand grenade it over, right? Every time. It's not effective or anything. But, and I think the thing is too, like, this is getting more into like the whole fan perspective of it and stuff. And again, like, like you said, we harp on the coach a lot, sometimes too much, mostly enough. Um, But (laughs) that's what we're here for, right? Because, you know, a lot of the people who are employed by the team, they can't say that. So that's why we're here. Um, But then there'll be people who are like, we've made the playoffs in the past three years or whatever and it's like okay first year that was great good for them um and then you know you get kicked out by a team oh they won and won the cup they also fired their coach four months before we played them in the playoffs like they were not doing well and they beat us and then the next year we barely made the playoffs and this year we're barely gonna make it again we didn't yeah yeah. and like i and i always bring it up Joel Quenville won three cups in six years his team started to suck and he got fired like just the mediocrity is so accepted by and maurice has been here for what what is it eight years eight years because we don't know zero like we like and we haven't sucked it's the mediocrity like it's like whereas toronto like they were just god awful for so many years like that sucks i get it but like like people are like oh but like we made the playoffs or oh we're not we don't have a losing record in like five years or whatever it's like okay but what do you have to show for it nothing so that's why we're frustrated look at what happens when you get 60s and 70s your whole life you turn into a mailman at 43 like this is all you get for mediocrity in high school <laughs> and no university seriously great i never it's failed anything without trying to fail it you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah but that doesn't mean that you're doing well yeah there's a lot of people who do look at the like complete record and think okay all of that can be 100% attributed to coaching. Well, can it like, look at the, look at the 2019 season. That's, that's like the biggest point for me in particular. Like December that, of 2018. Yeah. So that's kind of when it all went downhill. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ehlers and Bufflin get hurt. That's huge losses, obviously, but that was when the jets really stopped playing the game that was working and really went to, systems that really don't work and don't uh don't complement the skill of our team whatsoever and they just kind of stuck with that i guess now after when they lost uh bufflin uh traded truba for pionk and a draft pick and uh well you know the whole story um and i think that year too that was the first time that i ever considered blake wheeler to not be an elite top line player or whatever. And then yeah. again, nothing to show for it. It didn't matter. Like obviously then, well, it doesn't matter what I think, but everyone saw that. Like he he's still an effective player. But the fact that there's been a noticed noticeable significant decline and absolutely no modification to the usage is very concerning as a fan. Like Yeah. Then you go to last year, the um last year 
they were dead last in the NHL and expected goal differential. Connor Hellebuck dragged them to what 20th or something overall in the NHL as far yeah, as he... percentage goes. And people go, oh, well, they made the playoffs. Well, no, they they really didn't. Um, I mean, they were they very close regardless. But they did that on the back of Vezina goaltending. It's not like it's not like that has anything to do with the coaching. It wasn't right? a St. Louis Blues kind of uh, situation last to the Stanley right. Cup. It was Hellebuck dragging them by the and ear they did up that, to whatever. And they did that with a very talented forward group. Yes, was, and it's still I the know, same forwards. I know the defense was bad, but the forwards are still very good. You you weren't as bad as Detroit. And as bad as Ottawa, like as far as roster wise, but the results, as far as the shot metrics go, which I think you can use uh, to evaluate coaching better than you can use a record to evaluate coaching. You were at the bottom of the league. And And you've got, sorry, Brian, but you you're hitting on what is something I was thinking when you first started is then you've got all these fans that say, yeah, but they lost so many defensemen. Well, right then why aren't you changing the system to your to your shitty defenseman? Like, all you I have is forwards that, who I, can score. Play a game where your forwards can score and don't make them play defense and don't make your stay-at-home defense. Like, oh, yeah. my God. What or stop with the man-to-man year. crap and start letting them play zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what they needed to do last year was play, like, it, it was even more imperative last year. They needed to play super aggressive, make sure the puck was never in the D zone give up some breakaways once in a while because you weren't stopping anything in the defensive zone once it was there. And might as well um, give your goalie go a one-on-one then, yeah. Then... Go all out offensively. Which <laughs> is how they, they play on do. offense. Which is how they play on the other end of the ice. Which is funny, right? They, they're they the ones that don't do much and then score. Yeah. Like they, they let it sit and sit and sit, give up the possession and then go score on two-on-ones and three-on-twos. So yeah. it's funny that they don't see the way that it could work the other way, right? Because that's how they're most successful is giving up. Like last night, there was a couple of shifts. Perry, um, Stahl, and whoever the other guy on that line, they were in the offensive zone for a minute and a half, mm-hmm. just dancing around. And it's like, how come we don't do that? Like you said, because they don't activate the defense to help. But, mm-hmm. you know, how come a lot of times our goals are scored off of that, where we take the puck then quick, quick up and then Wheeler and Shifley score a two-on-one or something. It's like, well, if it works for the other well, teams, why isn't it working it, for us? And a lot of it too, I think, comes from the fact that like, again, this, is, this isn't like a system thing. Like the whole dump and chase piece, we're so bad at retrieving the puck that you never get any zone time out of that. It's just a battle that you lose in the corner. And there's no, there's no time that comes from that. Like think about highlight reels that you see. It's like a tic-tac-toe passing play that Matthews finishes off. None of that. Like you said, they come off of the rush. They come off of special teams, like whatever our goals. Like we don't have like the typical, the standard enter the zone, make some passes, shoot the puck. When it, like, it just, I don't know. It doesn't really work for this team. AJ, like I, <laughs> AJ and right. I used to, t- AJ and I used to talk about dump and chase. <laughs> we used to talk about what if you're playing basketball and you got the rebound and then you just hock the ball down the court <laughs> and, then, and then the players try and run and go get it. That's the right. Chip- 
That's Chip what they're doing. The right? <laughs> it's the same thing. What sport would you ever do that? Or punting on first down in football? Okay, go recover the punt and maybe we'll get it. You know what I mean? It's so <laughs> dump and chase is so stupid. Oh, man. Yeah, there's, I guess there's a, <laughs> there's a time for it and it's not nearly as often as. Sure. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. There Sometimes. isn't off, there isn't offside in basketball, but. Um, I, I get what I totally get what you're saying, and it is really funny. Um, like here, we just got the puck. You take it. We don't want it. <laughs> yeah, uh... Uh, that's funny. Yeah, like and okay, why don't we see like? Are there any positive things that we can talk about? Because I feel like we're bogging it down a lot. And like I agree, because I'm so frustrated right now. And like you said, like I almost cheer against them, and I feel like a terrible fan for just being miserable. I, like I don't even feel any joy from watching these games anymore. But right now, anyway, like I'm not cheering against. Like I, I totally fan the way you want. I'm not mm-hmm. going. To, I'm not going to tell you how how to be a fan. Um, I'm never one of those people. I can't cheer against the Jets, but can right I, now, I'll, just let me point I out one thing. I'll, I'm can indifferent. I, That's the way I'm going to put it. Sorry, go ahead, can Chris. I, can I point out one thing? But you can keep going, just that I've been a fan since 1986. So <laughs> I've got a lot of years invested in this. <laughs> yeah. Since I was one year old. Exactly. <laughs> and almost as intense of a fan as I am now, I was when I was 10 years old and 11 years old and 13 years old uh so it's tiring and i was and i jumped as we know we've talked about on here before i jumped to the coyotes for the 16 years we didn't have a team so that was just as rewarding (laughs) there you go (laughs) what a a disaster goes on down there like holy smokes they should fold that franchise move them somewhere else i don't know what's going on down there (laughs) uh sorry to interrupt you i feel like i forgot what i was saying I, i i forgot what i was saying well, You're... I am very convinced, like, I have so many minds when it comes to Pierre-Luc Dubois. I feel like we haven't mentioned his name once yet this episode, and that sounds very right. unlike me. So I'm going to talk about him. Uh, I'm of so many minds when it comes to him because people, I thought, overhyped him a lot when he got here. And I was like, guys, like, let's relax a little bit. Like, he's just, he's good, but he can be really good. But then people were like, he's a bust. And I was like, hold on. Like, don't say <laughs> that. Watch him play the game he's not a bust like and he, but he's also not like going to be the savior of this team and stuff but i think come playoffs um we're going to notice him more like i think in these past couple games like i think he's been fine and i think he's been one of our better players like he hasn't looked as awful to me as a lot of our players have over this six game losing skid and even before that too like i think he's actually looked pretty good so that's my positive go Pierre like dubois yeah um i i'll actually add to that i think i pointed out um him and Pearl when they got together whenever the heck that was but I pointed out that one shift that they had I was like mm-hmm. that's like Dubois right there like that's what he does he can get into the get into the corner or whatever and control the puck and that that's kind of what we should expect from him is to be kind of that once they're deep in the zone like he he's that's what he does and playing him with Pearl that they're I think they're a great combo together to be quite honest I don't think I can I think another pair on the Jets that would be good like Dubois and Perot for what and that's one of the positives that I think has come from the Lowry injury was that one, I don't know like obviously it doesn't really shake out but I love the idea of running Shifley Dubois Stastny Lowry down the middle one two three four I love that idea I think it's great to split up you share the wealth so much because then 
your shutdown lines that are centered by Stastny and Lowry can still freaking score goals. <laughs> like it's, I think that's a really good like setup. And I think, yeah, playing. So whether it's Stastny or Dubois on that third line with like Perot and Dubois, I think that's one of those combinations that Brian actually had in his lineups, like from the get go that he wanted to see those two together. And everyone's like, Brian, that's ridiculous. That means either Dubois is playing in bottom six or Perot is playing in top six and neither of those are ever going to happen. But I agree. I'm a fan of the combination. I would uh, like to see, like, I, I like it, but like, I think it's limited. I think, I just think Dubois and again, it's a symptom of the whole team, right? I think Dubois, same with Shifley and even Connor to some extent, like Connor's pretty good off the rush, but in terms of like set pieces, just the way this team plays, everybody's limited, right? Yeah. So, and then that's, really what Dubois is good at is controlling the puck in the offensive zone down in the corners, um, playing it up, playing it back up high for a shot and kind of being there for a rebound. But again, the team isn't playing as a full five man unit. So it's kind of difficult for guys who are good at setting up in the offensive zone to kind of do their thing. Right. It's a good point. I've been wondering um, why they haven't, because they don't play the fourth line at all, why they're not playing five-man units um, was something I thought about the other, the other game. I've always questioned why you would have Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor on the ice with Mark Stewart and, you know, another bag of pucks when you should have them on the ice with Bufflin and Truba or something, you know what I mean? Um, but especially now when your fourth line is not literally not playing, uh, why they're not doing more of that. That would be something that I would like more Absolutely. in hockey in general, but definitely from, from our team. There's a lot of outside the box thinking that you just don't see because it's the way they've always done it or whatever. Um, I haven't been super impressed with uh, PLD, but I, to me, this is one of those situations where the guy came in hurt. He missed some time. From what we heard, he's, he was still hurt and probably still is. Um, mm-hmm. There is no setup for him yet as far as line mates and all that stuff, right? Um, because despite the jokes we made at the beginning, I'm of the mindset that when the playoffs came around, they were going to go with the four centers, like the four that we just mentioned. Um, and he would have been a, a, a big point, piece of that. But my, uh, my thing with him is I think he's going to come back next year and be the guy that everybody thought he's going to be. Yeah. He'll be healthy and he'll come in and be like, oh, okay. Because that happens a lot when guys and get traded, right? Coach. True. And he'll have a new coach. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good point. Cause they always say, you know, they, you know, when a guy gets hurt in training camp in a normal season, you know, he misses the first three weeks or whatever. He's all, he's catching up all the time. Right. Like that's, yeah. And that's he what, had no, right. He had no, and they don't practice right now. Yeah. And all. this group even more like, yeah, they played in whenever the season ended and for Columbus, whatever July or whenever the heck it ended. And then they were off and there's no, there was no real skating at all. Like yeah. in that weird off season, they didn't know when they were coming back and then he gets hurt or he plays whatever, a couple of games in Columbus gets benched and then he comes here and gets hurt. And yeah, so he, he was, he's like still way behind. And that's, you know, that's something that, and with no practice at all with a brand new set of team teammates is yeah. it's tough. It's tough. And so. No NHL experience either. Like he is a child. Like he is and so young. Yeah. 
he doesn't have seven years to look back on and draw from and stuff like that he's got like he is fresh so like it's it's difficult there are so many contributing factors to the fact but like yeah and this is the difference in Columbus, like he hasn't done much in Columbus either and I know the coaching and the players he's with aren't necessarily the best but Liney, what the heck does he have? Like four goals or something? Yeah. Oh, no, I think he's like, got five. No, it's more than that. But like recently, it's not a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, like he's every he got off maybe a little hot start there. He just been crap since, right? It's the same kind of thing. It's is I it's I just think guys. yeah yeah it's one of those things. It's like the baseball season's just started, right? And you know some teams are seven, eight, ten games in, and and oh my gosh, they're just they're, they're going to have a terrible season. Well, no, they just haven't started hitting yet. And other teams started hitting right off the gate. And it's sort of the same thing where certain, certain things just haven't happened yet. And that's why I would never write off a guy like him. He just hasn't had, he's had a little bit of bad luck. He's had good showing and bad, but I'm not one of these guys are like, Oh, he's a boss or whatever. He's just not playing very well right now. The in sample my opinion. size is so small. It's like the same people that who too. Have, are, yeah, are talking about how Hellebuck sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's been average, no, not bad. He's been average NHL goaltender caliber for the past however many games. And they say he sucks. Look at the past four years. You want to yep. take four okay games? Like, whole career. Yeah. Like, it just makes me want to listen to nothing that those kinds of people have to say because it's just a ridiculously boneheaded. Again, yeah. everyone fans differently. I respect you, but like, no, like, no, no, I don't. No, 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 no. That's no. that's not one of those where you can say everyone fans differently. <laughs> no. You're not allowed to think Hellebuck sucks. That's just ridiculous. You just don't know oh. anything if that's if that's. What or your you're is. or you're a terrible troll, like that. You're even bad at it. <laughs> fair, fair. Like, you're enough. not even good at it because it, that's just absolutes. Literally, you shouldn't be allowed to watch hockey if that's what you think. <laughs> If you want to learn how to be a troll, just take a look at us. You'll figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> do what we do, and you'll get there. Uh, we yeah, should probably that's... wrap this up. Does anyone have any kind of, like, going forward points? We just kind of harped on everything leading up to now, but do we have any kind of, like, I don't want to say recommendations because that sounds ridiculous, but, like, just kind of, like, expectations, thoughts going forward. <laughs> Make some bloody changes. Like, I mean, just like play Billy Hainala or, and, or Logan Stanley, like do it, switch DeMello into the top four. Like these are just the obvious things. Like, I don't know what you do with your forward lines. There's no obvious answer there, but no play, play Dylan DeMello in the top four, man. And give Hainala a shot there too. Like, Pullman and Forbert aren't cutting it there right now. It's it it should be obvious. And Demello is playing like an absolute. I don't want to say superstar because he's not a superstar, but he he had one hell of a game last game, and he's and he had he's the just best. So chance. so steady every single night. Give the man his due. I think we're treading in Derek Forbort. The last like 25, 30 games is in the worst Jets defenseman of. 2.0 history area i don't know about that but it, it's not good <laughs> like i don't even mean in his own end just the whole thing right the way he skates the way he's lumbering he's clearly not 100 percent. like it just looks bad whether you're talking numbers eye test is what i mean it's like he just looks like garbage like at least mark stewart was flopping around on the ice <laughs> knocking pucks into his own net everything (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like he just looks like just like again and and this is not uh 
oh my God, he's the worst defenseman ever. It's get him out of there and get him healthy. He yeah. played right. fine at the beginning of the year. Put in Stanley for him. Put in Niku for him. Well, I don't care. Get him some rest so he doesn't look like he's literally skating in a body cast. And I feel like uh, that would also help Pionk too. Like, I feel like you're going to have two positives there. Like, you're going to have perhaps someone better and then you'll bring him back when he's healthy and play some bottom pairing minutes or something. I don't know. But like, I feel like that that happens a lot when you have like, you know, Aaron Eckblad got hurt. People are like, is Mackenzie Weger going to be able to continue putting up the same numbers because of the partner he had and like Forbert played with Doughty when Doughty was actually good, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like it would be interesting to see Pionk away from him because we've seen him away from him at five on five for all of like six minutes this whole year. So I'd be curious to see how that would probably help him i don't know though yeah pion's and, been outstanding oh, and going yeah. back to the heinola and stanley and ben just the competition for number six um maurice said that they'd all get an equal chance heinola and uh, stanley played one game each and it's been ben ever since then it's a bold-faced lie like yeah, i that's... don't like to paint people like that there have been lots of instances where it's like oh perhaps a miscommunication between coach and gm and media that was a lie. That was Literally, a yeah. lie, and I was not impressed. It's not my favorite player didn't like my favorite of the three didn't get as much of a chance. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like it doesn't matter who it was. If you say that all three of them are going to get an equal chance and then they don't, it makes you a liar. That's right. He didn't uh, say if it would be the best player though. He didn't. He didn't. He said he said it would be performance based. <laughs> he didn't say if it would be the best or the worst guy. Just the guy. Just the guy. That's it. <laughs> oh my god um one day i'd like to have special guest aj on uh, so that we could go through the last couple of years of the lies um because i know he does keep a good a good record of them that maybe that's something maybe it's something we do after maurice gets fired rather than <laughs> oh, yeah. pile on right now oh my gosh greatest hits episode yeah, exactly. Because it's 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 just exhausting. And I know a lot of the guys now, there's three or four guys that are kind of keeping track of it on the timeline, you'll notice that are like, oh, remember, here's here's the quote, and then here's the this and here's the that. And uh it's it that's the whole thing. Like just come out and say it. We like the grit. We don't feel Hennel as a fit right now. Um, we need to be tougher in our own zone, own ozone, and we think we can create without him. Just Does say he it. even show grit. Like, has he no. even shown that? Like, I don't think he has. I don't know. Well, there, and you know these old hockey guys, though. Their idea of grit is different than ours, too, right? Theirs is if you – and I'm not saying he does, but, oh, if they have a fight every five games, that means he's gritty. That's what people wanted in the Toronto players when they're like, they need some toughness. Uh, or they didn't want – That makes them gritty, like, literally. Yeah. It's like, no. Like, what do you want? Do you want, like, Brendan Gallagher gritty? No. You know? Yes, or do you, you do want Gall- you do want Brendan Gallagher gritty? Exactly, <laughs> but that's not what they're saying. What they're saying yeah. is they want um, you know, Milan Lucic gritty now. Ryan Ryan Reeves. You Ryan Reeves gritty. Like gritty. Right. Well, and I think and, the thing is too, like actually, someone Billet. brought an old um Billick tweet from 2018. Out. I I don't remember who it was. It, it was just a Paul Maurice quote. It was one of those, like it wasn't true. Like you said, like if he came out and said this is what we're looking for, and that's why we're picking this person, maybe I wouldn't agree, but at least I'd be like, okay, like at least exactly the like, lie. It's like my guy. Like my goodness, like this is you're giving out quotes for the media and for the fans. Don't lie to them because then they're not gonna like you. Like. But yet people are oblivious to it. The pom-poms are oblivious uh, to it. Or you go back to the start when about the young guys on the taxi squad. Who's been yeah. sitting there all year? Like, 
uh, there's been at least one or two of the top end, you know, a prospects that have been sitting in the taxi or on the scratch list all year. In the last, what, calendar year, Hainola and Niku have played like 35 total games between the two of them? Something crazy, yeah, that's just like Like, Hainola's played a whole bunch in uh, in Ligo over the last two years. Sure, but but for your team, for your two teams. In the NHL, yeah. um, NHL and and a lot. I don't, and like, Niku is what it is. Like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be an NHL player or not, but uh get Hanela in there at the very least like he's he's dominated Liga two years well I shouldn't say dominated last year he didn't get all of the uh like all the power play time and everything but this year dominated in as an all situations player in Liga uh dominated the world juniors uh came to the moose and was absolutely stellar uh, I think he's done nothing but show he's NHL ready. So I, I, I don't get not giving him the shot, especially considering how weak our left side has been looking. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... I mean, and that's going... Like, going back to what you said about Niku, like, maybe he's not, but did he ever really get the proper look? You know, he came no. out, he the AHL defenseman of the year as a rookie, you know, that doesn't happen. That doesn't, and he never, and you know what, maybe that wouldn't have worked out, but he never really got the proper look. I'd like to, I'd like, would have liked to have found that out. Exactly. With 60 games or something. And again, as we've we've talked about, I'd rather, sorry, sorry, Liz, I'd rather Sammy Niku make seven mistakes over 82 games than um, Jamie, Jordy Ben make seven mistakes over 82 games. Like for the extra goal against, I'll play the rookie that might actually help me going forward. You know, that's always been my big thing. It's like, how many goals are these guys costing you? And then how many are they helping you get? And uh, at the end of the year, Sammy Niku is going to be a more net positive than a Jordy Ben or a, or a Forbort or something like that. It's always going to come out that way. Yeah. Even if he makes glaring mistakes, step out from behind the net and pumps it right up the middle onto Mark Stone's stick. He's still going to be better for your team at the end of the day. Cause he's going to move the puck out the other nine times. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever it may be. So whereas ben might... that, um, that Finnish expose writer, I can't remember his name. The one who puts all those hit pieces out. I want him to do something on Sam. Pecky Alonen. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alonen, yeah. Yeah. No, but I um, wasn't going to say, yeah. Like, I think that's one of those things where like, that was pretty much the first thing that Murad Kesh ever said to me was that he cared, like the thing that he cares about, is the net benefits of a player. It's like, do they create more than they give up? Whatever that looks like for that individual. And I think even if you have, yes, yeah, someone who fights, like you said, one in five games, does that win you the hockey game as much as proper zone exits and offensive chances and high, high danger chances? Like it, it doesn't, like it doesn't move the needle as much as people think. So like, yeah, like I understand like the, the glaring errors, whatever. Okay. Those don't always turn into goals, but like, a fight doesn't turn into a win. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's my biggest thing. And and that is just another way of saying, you know, I'll take the, the known bad player over the unknown could be good player. It's the same thing, except on an even more real level. Like, again, let's see Sammy Niku for a full season and then let's judge. Is he really as bad as people say he is in the right situation too, right? Like when he got his, when he yeah. got his 
chance, like his 30 games in 2018 or whatever it was, it was being paired with Ben Sherratt on the right side. And yeah, I know they said he's comfortable on the right side or whatever. Right. But we, we saw the last three games he played this season on the left side. He looked a lot better, right? And playing. Yeah, and an it's your asset. Yeah, it's your so. asset. Why don't you want him given given him the best chance? He should have been You given... seriously have they seriously just given up on him? Well, Why? Yeah, he's yeah. Well, no, I know they have. I know they have, but I'm saying, why would yeah, you? You've I, never even yeah. given him a chance. I get you. Um, he should have gotten his shot with Dustin Bufflin in 20. Like, once, once right. Enstrom left, that should have been the spot for Sammy Niku. Like, and you know what? if even it didn't if work, I'm... it didn't work. That It is what it is. Right. At least find out, right? That's right. It's like the Victor Mete thing. It's the same thing. That was weird, though. Victor Mete had really good results in Montreal. I don't know why they dumped him. Well, because their general manager is a player from the 80s and 90s and their coach is a dinosaur. You know why they dumped him. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually, I was, Mete has always been one of my, you know, kind of keep an eye on kind of players. And the Jets drafted a six foot nine Jacob Cedarholm two picks before Mete got drafted. Oh. Just if that wants to hurt anybody a uh, little more tonight. <laughs> Cedarholm has oh, scored professional goal in six seasons or something like that so that's sean day yeah <laughs> that was a weird one yeah, all right all right yeah no yeah all right. so that, that's us <laughs> we um come back for a nice little round table and man it was but you know what again like we said i think it's I, i'll say it a million times and i'll say it again everyone fans differently and this is the way that we do it and this is why people listen. like you're not coming to our episodes expecting anything but this at this point because this is <laughs> this is what we do. So um, thank hey. you for listening. <laughs> Did we want to touch on Vertanen a little bit? I know we have mentioned that earlier, but uh, with whatever is going on, I I only just saw a headline. I don't know much, but obviously it's a good thing that he was suspended. I think so. If someone else has a little more details, maybe they could dive into that a little more. Yeah. yeah. Overly, Go ahead, Liz. Go uh, ahead. I'm not overly educated on the matter. I've only read an article or two that seem, they're just kind of skimming the surface and no one's about to slander his name without proof. But I just, my only, like, believe victims, people come forward, listen to them, believe them, help them, and stop assaulting women. Just that, that I think that's the biggest thing. People are like, oh, like, this is what women should do, whatever. Stop assaulting them. Just, just stop it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> you said it perfectly. I don't really have any anything else much to add to that besides, um, yeah, just believe women and be there for them, right? Yeah, and I would say um, the NHL needs to get some sort of protocol program put in like the other three leagues have um, because they don't have one. And apparently everything kind of goes one-on-one to Bettman by the end of it. Um obviously if things get to the police stage or to the charges stage that's a different thing but even in a situation like this you've got to take action immediately props to the canucks for doing so uh for right away stepping up once the report was filed or whatever which is i believe what happened and again i follow up exactly believe women and uh guys stop being fucking idiots yeah get your shit together like believe women but like the the most important thing like don't commit sexual assault don't don't be 
don't be a predator. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's like, we, we had talked about this slightly before, like we wanted to just like quickly address this at the end of the episode, just because like we wanted to maintain our brand. This is something that we believe in us. Those of us who are on the episode, those of us who aren't in the episode, this is something that we feel strongly about. Um, so we just kind of wanted to bring that up and we hope it all works out. Um, and we hope that whoever uh, suffered from these alleged actions, um, you know, finds the recovery that they need and the survivor, you know, heals from this and yes, all the best for her. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, 100%. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we will see you all sometime soon. Um, I know for myself, uh, school is over now. So, and playoff talks are heating up and stuff. So hopefully we'll have some more um, content coming for you in the next couple of weeks and months. Thanks everybody. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.